TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And welcome to Overnight America. Yes, I'm telling. It's really hard to come up with new ways to open the show every single night, but somehow we find a way. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I wanted to first start the show with a few observations from the mayoral debate that happened just within the last couple of hours. Ended about seven o'clock, and then they had the overtime. So if you were watching on the video stream. You might have been able to catch a couple extra questions, uh, maybe about 20 minutes worth or so from 7 to 7.20-ish, somewhere in there. And watching just the the overall reaction, watching the mannerisms, how they were able to handle themselves during this debate. You had Treasurer Tashara Jones and Alderwoman Kara Spencer. There were a couple of other questions from people that emailed in or messaged on social media. Michael Calhoun from the KMOX Newsroom did a fantastic job tonight. Looking at the questions that he asked, I thought he did a great job the way that they handled those as well. The overall theme of the night, I felt like it was somewhat of a tame, tame preview of this. I think that the two candidates understand that they're really only playing to their base because ultimately and historically speaking in the city of St. Louis, as long as you have that D next to your name and you're representing the Democratic Party, you're going to get voted in, which is a shame. Um, knowing that the Democrats will always win in the city, um, do they really value the diversity of opinion? But I think that since they know they would be a shoe in whoever will advance between Tashara Jones and Kara Spencer, then that's all they need to do. Right. They can just kind of hide from there. No need to try to get into it with anyone else. And why would they bother with it? But Ultimately, the city of St. Louis loses, if that's the case. But we can look at the performances tonight and some of the different topics they brought up. If you had an opportunity to listen to the debate here on KMOX, or maybe you had the opportunity to watch it on Fox 2, wherever that may be, uh, let's talk about it. What were some of your overall impressions? What did you think? Do you think there was a winner of the debate tonight? I feel like if there was a winner, uh, Kara Spencer was probably the winner, mostly because I felt her answers and her ability to communicate those answers were a lot uh, more friendly. So she would get up there and she was more, I don't know how to put it. She was, she was able to answer these things in more of a human way. It didn't seem as scripted. She seems like she was more relatable to the camera. Tashara Jones, to me, felt very scripted. 
um, especially at the start. It's like she had to shake some cobwebs off at the start and towards the end and even the part that wasn't aired. In fact, I think probably her best moments came after the part that was aired on Fox 2 and KMOX. So it was the overtime stuff that they did just for the streaming audience. That seemed to be where she was most loose, uh, you know, a little bit easier to uh, answer the questions. Didn't seem as scripted. But still, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are going to have a hard time looking at either of these candidates right now, thinking that the city of St. Louis is going to be in a better position when one of them takes the office. I just don't know who that might be. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, too, that whenever these debates come up um, and you heard the story with uh, the top of the news here on KMOX, part of the narrative is that the racial division and the problems that we have in the city of St. Louis, it always comes back to this. I feel like we're always doing ourselves a disservice by saying that we, we, you know, everything has a racial component to it. Everything is racial, 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 when ultimately you can look at things and realize that that's not always the case, but we somehow always try to find a way and force a way to make it the case, which does ourselves a disservice, which does ourselves wrong. Because what we're doing is trying to fix the city of St. Louis and you want to be able to talk to someone about these issues without someone saying, well, the only reason you look at that is because the color of your skin is the way it is. Or the only reason why you think that way is because, you know, you live in the south as opposed to the north or the other. So I don't think we have a problem when it comes to diverse opinions in anywhere, even if you live outside the city. I don't live in the city of St. Louis. I'm not going to be able to vote in this, but I know there's a lot of people that are watching it because it reflects a lot of the region. So they want to know the answers for this sort of thing, and they don't want to go through this, and everyone's just, you know, uh, you know, everything is a racist type of idea. we got to really get to the root of some of these issues, and that's part of the problem. I don't know if we get to the root when it's just the the two parties uh, when it's only the one party talking to itself and the two parties don't have an opportunity to do this together that's why i hope in the future we can see that so let me open things up to you if you want to call in 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120 i guess i could play the opening comments from both of the candidates so you can kind of hear where they come from um I think that Tashar Jones went first, so they did a coin flip last week. Kara Spencer was the one that won the coin flip, decided to go second. So um, go in the, the, the second position, so she would be able to rebut, I guess. But the two of them really, it, there was no advantage going first or second with these answers. They didn't really take any opportunity to try to rebuke their opponent. It's like they didn't go after anything the other opponent did. It was all very low-key. So there wasn't a reason to go second when it came to the answers. Honestly, it's just like if you're just going to talk and do your thing and you're not going to bring up anything your opponent did to try to differentiate yourself, then what's the point? But either way, uh, here is the opening statement from Tashara Jones. Electing a mayor with executive experience, existing relationships on the local, state and national level and a background in healthcare is what this moment demands. We don't have time for leadership that has to learn on the job. At the core of my campaign is a simple belief that you should be able to succeed here regardless of your skin color, who you love, how you worship, your zip code, or any identity you hold. This pandemic has laid bare the inequities that have always existed in this city. Racism, the unequal delivery of city services, and access to healthcare are issues that have permeated our policymaking decisions for generations. It's time to say no to business as usual and say yes to a St. Louis that's ready to tackle the 21st century. I'm running because a coalition of voters, supporters, and even those who don't support me are crying out for help. 
And what I hear is a call for leadership that's ready to lead, govern, and unify on day one. We have half a billion dollars on its way to our city in federal aid. We need a mayor who's ready to disburse these funds with an eye towards equity and the experience to move quickly. So to the single mother who's struggling to make ends meet, to the LGBT plus youth who are wondering if St. Louis is a home for them, and to anyone who's felt like your government has forgotten about you or flat out left you behind, I see you and I'm ready to serve. Plans to solve crime are great, but we can't condense them into 10 points and call it a day. We need to show up in our communities and work with our neighbors to develop strategies that work for and with them. Crime and violence don't stop at our borders. We need a mayor with relationships to the West and the East to work towards short and long-term solutions on day one. I'm the only candidate in this race with the experience who's ready to hit the ground running and deliver real results for the people of the city of St. Louis. Okay, that was Tashara Jones. That's what we're finding right now. Um, so that was the opening first couple of minutes, about two minutes, almost exactly. I cut off the intro part where she came on and said, I'm, you know, Char Jones, just for the sake of time. Here's Kara Spencer in her portion of it. The interesting thing about her opening statement is that she kind of fumbled a couple of times where she looked down at her notes and she had these long gaps. They felt like long gaps. In reality, it was like three or four seconds. One was uh, three seconds. One was about a two-second gap. You'll hear that in there, which was a little awkward, uh, somewhat of an awkward pause where you thought, okay, this is your opening statement. You should have. <laughs> this would have been probably the easiest one to go out there and perform. St. Louis is in the fight of its life. We need a leader who will meet this moment of both crisis and opportunity, not with divisiveness, but with grit, unity, and hope. Our city was struggling before COVID hit, but I know change is possible. I know this because I've seen it. I've led it in the 20th Ward as the Alderwoman. Several years ago, I looked around my neighborhoods and I saw needles in the streets, boarded up shops and vacant buildings on every block. So in 2015, with no political experience, no political machine or family name behind me, I ran for office as an outsider. When the voters chose me, not the guy with all the endorsements. I got right to work, investing in our rec centers, turning our neighborhoods around, and now the 20th Ward is some of the fastest growing neighborhoods in the city. The federal stimulus plan passed by the Biden-Harris administration means the city of St. Louis is poised to receive a half a billion dollars in federal aid, five times the national average. The formula that calculated this amount was based on our poverty, the housing decay and the economic stagnation that has plagued us for decades, a real testament to the struggles that our, our, our city is facing and a once in a century opportunity to fix them. We need a mayor who we can trust to put those use to use serving our city's best interests, not someone with a track record of issuing no big contracts or embroiled in lawsuits. As mayor, I will move us past the challenges of today. It is time for St. Louis to turn the page on cronyism and political dynasties have, that have presided over decades of decline and dysfunction. It's time to bring St. Louis back and make City Hall work. I'm Kara Spencer. Join me. Okay, so that's uh, Kara Spencer's portion of it. Um, I was looking at some of these different things, and 
Um, I may have to make a correction. Yeah, it's just I don't know why I was thinking there was a Republican that was just unknown in something like this. I got this messed up in the city when it came to that. So I guess between the two of them being able to stand up, there's going to be no opposition when it comes to their viewpoints. This is why I think St. Louis is a no win situation and how dangerous it is when only one party is represented in a city that already has massive amount of problems that moves in the wrong direction. Because when you have only the one way of thinking that is represented and then it's constantly in challenge or fighting when it comes to more traditional ways, that's a no win situation because what they're going to do is just run on the idea that they are they're they're they're, they're progressive. And, oh, we got to move this forward. But ultimately, maybe the fact that we've been trying this experiment for how many decades now that it's been failed, maybe could be part of the problem that we don't have this diversity of thought. Um, Maybe you read some into this or maybe you looked at some of these debate questions. I'm going to air some of them tonight. Uh, Gun violence. They talked about tax incentives. That was the question from Michael Calhoun. Policing, city county merger thoughts. Maybe if we can do more with the county. Um, talking about going to a cards game and not feeling safe. I think that's what most people that live outside of the city feel when it's time for a night game. And there's a major consideration when it comes to that. If you're not walking with a group of people, do you feel as safe as you would during the day or even if it was during the day? What about final thoughts? Uh, Some other questions that came up after all of those things. We can take some of your thoughts and calls. I'd like to hear from you this hour. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Next Level Listening. News Radio 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX. The voice of St. Louis. Welcome back to Overnight America. You know, I'm going to take some of your calls, some of your thoughts, exactly what you thought your impressions were from the debate tonight. 314-436-7900, representing KMOX as part of this was Michael Calhoun, who I understand is going to spend a couple of minutes with us here now. Michael, how are you? Hey, Ryan. Congratulations on the successful night. You did a fantastic job and you represented KMOX well. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, you know, the goal, the, the one thing I was concerned about was um, having a debate that gave people insight, that gave them actionable information. Um, and so I hope it was useful. So let me ask you something that was not caught on camera, and I'm hoping you can kind of let us behind the scenes from the debate tonight. So I watched the debate, and then I watched the after debate, which was the digital portion of it, where there was a couple of extra Mm -hmm. questions, maybe about 20 minutes worth. And at the very end, Fox 2 starts to sign off, thanking the uh, candidates and the guests and the contributors like yourself. And then the camera pans out, and everyone is like frozen in time. No one's talking to each other. And I thought, was it like that the whole time? Like everyone went their way or do you guys talk to each other afterwards? No, um, we, uh, the panelists, we were in a, a conference room leading up to the debate, uh, talking amongst ourselves. And, you know, they did have the plexiglass between us. Uh, so not really the opportunity in the studio um, for too much of that. Um, but certainly, you know, the candidates, once it was finished, they walked past and exited and said, thank you, exchanged pleasantries as they left. Um, And, you know, I was really impressed. There was no issue with anybody going over time or any kind of, you know, back and forth. I had been asked that leading up to the debate if I was worried about it, and I really wasn't. Um, But I guess given past debates, people were like, how is this going to go? Is it going to be contentious? Um, And like I said, I I hope people got some 
good information and insight out of it tonight. You know, I noticed too, and my general impression was that having the coin flip was pretty much useless in this sense because they didn't really go after each other directly. So there wasn't really a use of who goes first, who goes second when it comes to the answers because they didn't really address each other directly. They just spoke to the camera, answered whoever was asking the question, and then they just gave their opinion on certain things. And I kind of thought that maybe they would try to differentiate themselves by talking about the other candidate and some of the stances they had in the past, but we didn't see any of that tonight. No, there were just a couple of um, just a couple of, you know, small references on either side, you know, the carbon paper, things like that. But nothing, nothing really big. No, no real uh, tussles back and forth. No real fights or anything like that. It was very, uh, very cordial. Um, and and uh, and yeah, so I, I feel like we succeeded in that regard, I guess. So being inside the room, Michael Calhoun, uh, was there anything that we weren't able to tell by watching or listening uh, either on Fox 2 or on KMOX? Is there anything that we couldn't pick up on unless you were actually sitting in there? No, I think it was. um, Now, granted, I still haven't uh, I haven't seen how it came across or listened to uh, listen to the audio. But I think it was I think it was pretty straightforward. I think you saw. Uh, the panelists, they put the slates up with the questions for the, the social media. Um, and so, you know, it went very smoothly. Yeah. So what did they what did you think about the questions you asked them? Did they satisfy you? Did they give you an answer that you thought was uh, satisfactory? Yeah, especially when it comes to um, wanting to know about priorities for tax incentives and how you make that balance between. Uh, oh, you want to build a tower here? Let's give you, you know, 90% property taxes off for the next, what do you want, 20 years? Um, and then you forego that revenue, new revenue to the city, and, and people see potholes, wonder why, isn't, why aren't these getting filled? Um, and so there's that balance, though, because if you just completely get rid of incentives, you're de-arming against uh, the rest of the, the region. Other municipalities are still going to offer them. So that's certainly important. Uh, and then, you know, civic innovation. They both had uh, uh, accomplishments that they pointed to and ideas that they had for how to um, – they really honed in on technology and improving city processes, which I thought was interesting because one of the things that, it, that led to that question, that uh, informed that question was – uh, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Square, came to St. Louis, I think it was maybe four or five years ago, and held a listening session with small businesses, you know, uh, storefront kind of uh, mom and pop shops about what their challenges are. And it was a drumbeat of it's so hard to start a business in the city. And I got to go to City Hall and I got to fill out all these papers and go to this office and that office and then come back a week from this day. Uh, and why can't this be streamlined? And we're still talking about it however many years later. Um, so that's certainly, definitely important. So, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to give my impression on this, too, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. But when talked about some of the different issues inside the city, it to me, generally speaking, it seemed like Char Jones was maybe approaching it as, you know, there's these cultural issues. So there's all kinds of things going on. So we have to address some of the different inequalities of the city in, in order to get, you know, a more broader approach to try to start fixing things. Kara Spencer, to me, seemed like more governmental approach. So, you know, we got to go after the landlords with blighted properties. We need to look at taxes this way. We need to spend the money this way. We got to look at potholes, you know, stuff like that. Is that the type of um, feeling you're getting a lot of which a lot of times 
some of which are the philosophies of the city and the where we are uh, culturally speaking and the way we get along with each other versus governmental. So we need to make sure we have um, a nice blueprint of how we're going to spend things and we have to look at it in a more mathematical type of way. That's interesting because um, Kara Spencer has her degree in mathematics mm-hmm. from Truman State, and she worked in the business world as an analyst uh, and did doing uh, mathematical modeling, whereas Tashara Jones, her education is uh, with a Master of Public Health Administration, mm-hmm. and she worked at uh, Cardinal Glennon. And so um, the way that you just kind of described the difference in their two approaches really tracks with the experience that each of them brings. Yeah, and that's kind of the feel I get for it. So this was debate number one. Uh, Ultimately speaking, do you have any person you think comes out ahead after a night like this? You know, I don't think that there was anything uh, that that I would say one candidate won over the other. I, I just think that for people who thought to themselves, all right, these are the top two vote getters. What's the difference between them? How do I decide? Um, I hope that that at least on maybe an issue that's important to whoever that is, um, that we drew some contrast and and gave them some information to, to work off of. Let me ask it this way instead. This is a different way to look. So Tashar Jones had the most votes. So she, I guess, came in number one when they did the last vote. Do you think Kara Spencer may have narrowed the gap or do you think there still is a, a gap between them? Well, and that also gets into the map and uh, in terms of uh, which wards, you know, voted for Tashara Jones and Lewis Reed and Kara Spencer and, um, you know, who was, uh, I guess we didn't do ranked voting. It's it's vote for whoever you want. You'd be, if it were yeah. ranked voting, you'd be able to get some insight into who got the most second or third place votes. Um, but it'll be interesting. We've got two weeks. And what's so crazy about this is that April elections haven't mattered in the city of St. Louis in like forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually been decided in the March Democratic primary. But because elections are now nonpartisan in the city, uh, it's anybody's guess. I mean, even polling or, you know, a feeling about, uh, you know, coming out of the debate could be completely upended by how many people decide to show up. And the, yeah. the turnout was already so low for the primary, which is, again, usually the main election. Um, who knows what it's going to be like in April? Yeah. Hopefully we raised the, um, the awareness and more people will vote as a as a result of this. I think so, too. And you were very impressive. I thought you did a great job conveying mm-hmm. your thoughts and question. And I got to say, you look good on TV, Michael Calhoun. You uh, brought a lot of uh, pride to KMOX tonight. So congratulations well, to uh, you here tonight. Thank you. It was an honor to take part. Michael Calhoun from the KMOX Newsroom. Again, uh, thank you for coming on to Overnight America. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Ryan. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. I guess I have to read the tagline even for Michael Calhoun. Technically, I probably didn't have to, but... (laughs) But it works. All right. So we have a couple of people on hold. I will take your calls. So we're running just a couple of minutes late. So if you can hold on just a few more minutes, we're going to take a look at your weather and we'll be right back with your phone calls on the mayoral debate tonight. If you want to call in, we do have a couple of lines open at 314-436-7900. This is Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons. And on Cardinals Open Live. Sponsored in part by T.R. Hughes Homes. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. So some of the main topics from the debate tonight, it was gun violence, tax incentives, policing, city, county working together, not necessarily merger, but what resources could be looked at, feeling safe inside the city, going to a Cardinals game. Um, and then their final thoughts and things. I, I pulled some of the different audio clips that we could play in the show tonight, but really, if you had an opportunity to see it, and what is your uh, look into the if you were to forecast the city of St. Louis, maybe some optimism. Are you liking what you're seeing? Are you not liking what you're seeing? Really, what are your concerns? What do you like? What don't you like? There's uh, a lot on the table with Treasurer Tashara Jones and Alderwoman Kara Spencer, who were uh, part of the first mayoral debate. You heard it here on KMOX. Let's get some of your thoughts. And Dan is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, if I have to vote, I'm going to vote for Spencer because I can't take and vote for somebody that's going to debunk the police like uh, Jones is. I don't, I don't even know if they were talking about uh, giving any money to the police department, fire department or anything like that to help them get up to par so they could help fight this crime that's going on in the city. Because if you got Jones, this prosecutor, and Corey Bush all wanting to debunk the police, this city's in a whole lot of trouble if, they get, uh, if she gets into office. Um, yeah. I, I didn't get the thank you, Dan. I am. This is what I'm worried about when it comes to policing, because one of the questions specifically tonight was asking about being understaffed from the police department. Uh, how about this? Let me play this real quick. And we'll, this kind of sets up what Dan was mentioning here. What kind of working relationship will you have with Kimberly Gardner and the St. Louis prosecutor's office? Will you facilitate changes to improve engagement between the police department and prosecutor's office and encourage efficiencies to increase the conviction rate? Alderwoman Spencer, minute and a half. Thanks so much for this question. It's such an important one. I come at this uh, as a victim myself, and I'm going to approach this with a victim's first approach. And that means making sure that we have a path for justice in our court system. If we don't have a path for justice in our courts, we will continue to see justice play out in our streets. I'm committed to working with Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner on her criminal justice reforms, making sure that we are not incarcerating folks unnecessarily for crimes of poverty, homelessness, and drug addiction. But we do need to make sure that we are putting behind bars those folks who are responsible for the heinous acts of violence that are taking place in our communities. By that, I mean we are going to, uh, if elected mayor, work together with our prosecuting attorney's office and our police department to heal that relationship so that our witnesses and victims can feel comfortable moving, coming forward with the very vital information that our law enforcement agencies need to provide the prosecutors to get justice in the courts. Uh, I do support the prosecutors 
reform agenda. And I think it's important to recognize that we need to move away from incarceration as the only tool to getting justice uh, in our communities. Okay, so that was the answer from Kara Spencer. I'll, I'll play it to Shara Jones is here in a second, maybe just towards the end, because what something she said there uh, that stands out. Let me go to the end of the administration. Answer. So again, this is about where the buck stops and, and making sure that uh, the mayor steps in to, uh, to, to provide the cooperation that the circuit attorney needs. The second part is the police union needs to get rid of Jeff Rorta uh, because he keeps up all of the division between the police department and the circuit attorney's office. And so I have told the police officers association that they don't get rid of him. They don't have a seat at my table. All right. So you have someone that wants to be mayor saying that they don't want to work with the police if Jeff Rorta is involved. So, number one, why does the mayor get to dictate that? That's an independent body representing the police union. So that's number one. Number two, do you have any optimism that the mayor's position, if it was Tashara Jones, do you think that she would best represent the police best interest? Of course not. And the other thing that upsets me about this whole idea is that they they kiss the ring of Kim Gardner in so many different ways. And they refuse to acknowledge the failures from the circuit attorney's office. So if you're going to go in as mayor and you're going to have no opposition to the work of the circuit attorney's office with the clear problems, the ethical violations and the terrible track record, you got to admit that this is not functioning the way it should. Statistics look at that clearly. But the problem that we are going to have is that we're going to have a mayor that's going to be so afraid to stand up to the circuit attorney's office. Because what happens when you do that? You have the position that the circuit attorney takes right now, which is either you're with me or you are in a racist conspiracy against me, which she brought a lawsuit up against what the police and Mayor Lida Krusen and all kinds of individuals across the city. That's the type of game you're playing. And we can't play that game if we're going to advance in the city. That's nonsense. So that bothers me, too. Um, cause if you're going to talk about, oh, we need to get to the police and the circuit attorney on the same page, there's all kinds of opportunities for that. Um, I think what you need to do is make it very clear that there's a lot of things at fault in when it comes to the dis dysfunction between the two that do not originate from the policing side that originate from the circuit attorney side. But if you refuse to acknowledge that, then what are you doing? You're making things worse. You're not making things better. Okay. Let's go to Thomas. Who's holding on. Welcome to overnight America. How are we doing tonight? Good. Good. Uh, in listening to the, uh, two candidates that you had up there today. Um, I got just a few comments. Number one, uh, it seems like we're, we're masking a lot of topics that happen with words like inequality and uh, cultural diversity when uh, social injustice is just keep occurring i mean nothing's getting accomplished i i see we're just whichever candidate takes the office we're, we're failing as a people when we can't use uh reality and what we see in front of us daily as a model such as your comment of uh heading down to a cardinals game and feeling safe you know i've been a cardinal fan ever since lou brock held the stealing record for stealing bases, and of course, there's so many more guns on the street, and you know, people want to feel safe going to events like that. But I think a lot of the real issues that whichever mayor becomes mayor are not going to have as much to do with policing 
and uh, the mayor or the prosecutor or witness or victims, but coming out with a, a new wholehearted gratefulness that everyone has survived this first stage of the COVID-19 and uh, just breaking grounds with some open honesty that maybe there are a lot of cultural and inequality issues that we need to unfold and get down to the root and let those roots start to blossom versus masking these things. And that's all I got to say other than one last thing. You know, it's kind of ironic as well as funny that we don't see a so-called male Negro running for mayor. And throughout this whole country, I think they're starting to uh, really put in the back seat the male Negro and uh, okay. populate. All right. The- Thanks, Thomas. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what that has to do with anything, honestly, because that really. I think that when topics like that come up, I, I you know, I'm, I won't even address the second thing. Never mind. I'll, I'll go back to the first thing that was brought up here. If the problem that we've had in the city is not being addressed, then what were we doing for the last 50 or 60 years in the city of St. Louis? What have we been doing for the last four years? Uh, are you ready to come out and say Mayor Lida Cruson was a failure because you're running on trying to change what she was doing? Are you going to say that what she was doing wasn't a failure? Uh, then what is? Are you just going to blame it on policing? Uh, you know you're not going to blame it on the circuit attorney's office. So what is it going to be? Where is that failure? And how are you going to be any different? Because both of you in government, one uh, treasurer, one older woman, and we know that there's all kinds of issues when it comes to the treasurer position, all kinds of uh, secret spending and accounts. And you know, give me a break with all of that stuff. None of that even came up today. The issues that came out of uh, that office over the last couple of years, the lawsuits and such, uh, what we're just not we're just going to ignore it like that. None of that ever happened. So we got to really be clear here what's on the ballot. And I think a lot of people are looking at this, either you're an insider or you're an outsider. Mostly the outsiders are looking at this and saying it's it's a no-win situation. I don't see how you come out of this as a win. Like what, what, what's gonna what's gonna come out of this that's gonna better anything? That's the problem. You're gonna give more confidence that businesses want to move to St. Louis when all you're uh, gonna do are social issues? Or are you gonna give um are, are you gonna try to play this game to say that if you were in office, it would all just magically disappear? because you're going to be on the right side because you can get out there and, and mention the right buzzwords. No, none of that works that way. 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Got a couple of minutes here. This is a good time to call in. We do have an open line or two. 314-436-7900. And you could text message that line, too. One person said they wish Bob Costas would run for mayor. (laughs) Oh, the Bob Costas vote, huh? It's a powerful vote. Let's go to Robert. Welcome to Overnight America. Yes, sir. I didn't get to hear the um, the two candidates, but um, was wondering what their opinion would be about the workhouse. I thought they were going to close the workhouse and then they had that ride in the St. Louis County jail. And then they had to send prisoners to the workhouse and it never made any sense to me to close the workhouse. And now I hear on the ballot, they want to rename the workhouse. 
how does renaming the workhouse solve any problems in criminal justice? So it seemed like neither candidate had a plan on how to do better criminal justice. Yeah, I, they did mention the workhouse tonight. I don't have the audio clip saved oh. for that. Yeah, and they talked about the jails and the system because there's some of these different reports that come out where some of the uh, guards inside of the jails, the just downtown, were complaining that the locks don't always work and they're faulty on some of these things. Yeah, they're not in great shape. We know that that is true, but I, I trust Jimmy Edwards when he says that it's not as easy as just saying we can move everyone over to the downtown facility and we can just get rid of the workhouse altogether. It's definitely not that easy. I also don't like the idea that the workhouse is this political thing where national brand names like Ben and Jerry's ice cream come in and they just scold St. Louis for having a prison such as the workhouse. I think that's nonsense. And quite frankly, I stopped, uh, I, I refuse to buy any of their junk anymore just because they got to politicize everything like they're going to come in as an ice cream brand and tell us what we need to do in St. Louis. Forget that. So, you know, I don't think that there are really any uh, answers when it comes to the jail in St. Louis. I think what we have is uh, a problem when it comes to processing. I think we could probably do that a lot quicker. And we also have a problem when it comes to prosecution, because um definitely I got my grievances against the circuit attorney's office and that all plays a part into it, but that's a different conversation. Uh, thanks Robert. Uh, let's go to Jim. Welcome to overnight America. Hey, how you guys doing? Sure. Hey, uh, you know, we just, we've had a long line of bad mayors in St. Louis. I mean, until they can fix this, I mean, Kim Gardner, there's no working with her. I mean, that's apparent, but you know, I mean, you go to cities like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and see what they've done to their riverfront, you know, and that's just one example. And is it, they're just, they don't get anything done, number one. And when you have people that are just going to, you know, kneel down to, uh, to the prosecutor, Gardner, I mean, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, what, is, what do you want, no cops on the street? It just, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I think you can. This is what's troubling to me a little bit is that it's almost like they treat her as the leader of the political party in St. Louis because they're so afraid to question any of her motives or any of her moves. Now, she's got major ethical issues. She's already being investigated and perjury is also on the table with the way that she operated in the past. She's got all kinds of money coming in that's coming from not great sources. And on top of that, her prosecution rate is abysmal. People say they can't work with her. They leave. Her office is, what, less than half of where it was before, and all the experienced people left because they didn't want to work with her. And then she goes out on national TV just talking about how everyone is racist and it just gives uh, St. Louis a bad impression. She's not helping the situation. In fact, she's hurting the situation. Well, and now we have two candidates going out there saying that, oh, I, I love what she's doing. So that's concerning to me. And, and wasn't she the one that brought the Greitens case to the grand jury with, with no evidence? With I no mean, evidence, yes. Huge, huge uh, problem. Yeah, how do, you, how do you, with a clear mind, she can't believe what she says. I mean, it can't be, you know. <laughs> I just, uh-huh. I, I guess we just have to let all the criminals do what they want because it just emboldens them to do things, you know. Knowing uh-huh. that if FA does turns this stuff in, you know, the, to the prosecutor's office, they're not going to do anything because she won't take yeah. any cases from it. Got it. All right. I got, I got you, Jim. Thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. Let's go to Oliver. Welcome to Overnight America. 
Yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for taking my call. It's uh, <clears throat> this is just a gripe I've had, and and it, it it's just not getting the attention. And I know everybody recognizes it, but uh, education. Uh, you have an educated society. You have an educated uh, working class. You have an educated lower class, and you you limit the crime. You give more jobs. People make more money. Uh, and and we're just just take a look at our two Maori our candidates. If you look at their flyers, neither one addresses education. We've got some of the worst. We've got one of the worst educational systems in the United States in St. Louis in all major cities. And we're we're condemning our children to uh, to poverty, and we're condemning them to crime, and nobody seems to care, and no one is making it a number one issue, and that to me is the number one issue. Okay, Oliver, thank you for your call. And they did address schools a little bit. Uh, Kara Spencer mentioned that you know, as mayor, uh, we have superintendents and we have school boards, and they're the ones that take care of that. But we still have some power, so they kind of punted the idea that they would be effective in that case but you're right schooling is a major issue that we don't take into consideration as much diana welcome in i'm sorry we only have about 30 seconds oh my god that's all okay i'll make it quick so uh yeah tasharan mentioned something about education too and 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 the money that has been uh directed away from education into other services also you you're absolutely right these problems uh especially crime problems and other problems uh, that the city uh, is facing are not new. You're absolutely right. The same party has been running the city for 70 years. Now, I must say, Kara seems like a very intelligent person, but St. Louis needs a very tenacious leader, and I think that leader is Tashara. Okay, Diana, good to hear from you. Awesome. All right. Uh, We'll be right back. Our friend Tom Sullivan coming up after with some issues in the county next on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.